You reap what you sow. When I rolled out of bed the next morning, I had to call Brooke to break up. I had betrayed her trust, and I felt awful. I couldn't date her because I had cheated on her. I had ruined the trust in our relationship. I hadn't been in a relationship before where I was the disloyal one. This was the only girl I had ever cheated on in my life, and the guilt started sinking in. I didn't understand how guys could cheat on their girlfriends without feeling remorse. I was oozing with guilt. I wrote down how I was going to break up with her, like a script. I didn't want to choose the wrong words and make a bad situation worse. I wanted to make it quick and painless. This would reduce the amount of sobbing I'd have to endure. I was such a scumbag. When I picked up the phone, my heart started racing. The moment she heard my voice, she asked, What's wrong? I told her that we had to break up. She knew the only reason I would be doing that is if I had cheated on her. I continued explaining myself. I made a stupid decision last night. I didn't want to lie on top of being a cheater, and I was perhaps a little too honest. I was truly free of the constraints of parents, authority, and girlfriends. I was excited to make out with Lauren again, maybe with less of a cigarette taste, and now that I could do it guilt-free. I rolled a blunt and walked down to Lauren's room to ask her if she wanted to hang out. When I got to her room, I knocked on the door. There was no answer. After a few moments, I could hear people laughing inside the room. Hold on, someone shouted. I waited patiently at the door, concealing the blunt in my hand. Lauren answered the door, wearing only a t-shirt. She looked like she had been having sex. She had a huge smile on her face, and she was glowing. I asked her if she was busy, knowing full well that she was with someone. This way she could say yes, and I could go back to my room. To my surprise, she invited me in. I said, no, it's okay, I'll just talk to you later. She must have noticed that I was uncomfortable. She grabbed my hand and pulled me into her room. I saw Terrell in her bed and waved. He had the same glow that Lauren had. Terrell casually said, hey, what's up, dude? I searched for a place that would be untouched by their sexual endeavors. I sat on her roommate's computer chair. We sat awkwardly talking for a moment, and then I decided to be the better man. I asked Lauren and Terrell if they wanted to have an after-sex blunt session. They both looked at one another, and then nodded at me. I spun around and I played on a roommate's computer while they put their clothes on. The situation taught me not to throw away a relationship on an easy hookup. I was disappointed in myself. Lauren and I weren't dating, so I couldn't be upset at her. We could still be friends but I decided I should spend less time with her and Terrell. I realized that I needed to continue making new friends and start expanding my social circle a little more. Everything was still cool between us. Lauren was just one of many girls on campus. I just hoped that she didn't suck anyone off before we made out. When they were clothed, we left on our last country drive together. When I got back and got into the elevator, I bumped into a guy that looked like an undercover cop. I reeked of weed and was paranoid. I wanted out, but the automatic door is shut. I gave him a quick head nod to symbolize a hello. I hit the button for my floor and asked him, What floor are you going to? He said, The fourth, same as you. My paranoia skyrocketed. 
I avoided conversation with him by looking at my ratty old shoes. When the elevator doors opened, I power walked towards my room. When I got to my room and looked back, the guy was walking down the hallway towards me. I acted casual while trying to unlock my door, but I couldn't get the key in. It was like a scene from a horror movie, except the main character is just really high. I turned to see him unlocking the door to the room beside mine. Our rooms were separated by a hallway that led to an emergency exit stairwell. Not only did he look like a goddamn cop, but he lived beside me too. I thanked God that I had the very last room on the floor and that it didn't have a shared bathroom suite. I don't know if I would be able to handle sharing a bathroom with someone I immediately detested. I already had a roommate for that. It seemed like the first week of school had flown by. Every day had been so action-packed that it trumped the previous one. My journal was overflowing with stories I thought were important. So much had happened to me already, and it was still early in the day. I hadn't even prepared myself for class. I readied myself and started my day. When it was time for my last class, University 100, I needed a pick-me-up because I had smoked so much weed earlier in the day. I invited Paul to come by, and we shared some weed before class. We took every precaution not to get busted. Wet towels at the door, fans in the window, and we blew the smoke through my spoof. Since the class was convened in the fourth floor's quiet lounge, we were able to get high and walk into class less than a hundred feet away. I was starting to share so much weed that I would soon be running out myself. I told Paul that I was running low on weed, and after class, he introduced me to Kirk. Kirk lived on the same floor as us and sold weed. I was happy that I was finally meeting some like-minded people. Kirk and I turned out to have a lot in common with one another. I spent the rest of the day and night partying with Kirk and a bunch of his friends off campus. In that one night, I had made the mistake of making out with a girl because she was alluring and new to me, and then having to man up and break up with my hometown sweetheart the next day, which, you know, you shouldn't ever cheat in the first place. But you shouldn't cheat, keep that shit going. And then smoking weed in my dorm, now twice, and going to class high, which was like six rooms away, and then meeting another guy through the person I got high with that... You're spiraling. Yeah, that sells weed and likes to party. So I'm spiraling, and it's like only a couple days in, really. August 26th, night out on the town. Paul and I decided to go out partying together the next night. We went to a huge fraternity house party. The fraternity was known for throwing the best parties on campus. At the house, there were lots of people wearing Greek shirts. It cost me $5 to get a cup, but it was well worth it. The music was loud and the lineups were awful. The house was packed body to body with sweaty students. Paul and I had to shuffle through the crowd to get to any of the kegs. I felt inexperienced and somewhat out of place while trying to fill up my cup. I wasn't comfortable pumping the keg. I thought I may piss off some frat bro or one of their friends and get kicked out with how slow I was filling up my cup. 
I didn't know what the norms were at college parties yet. My heart raced less and less with every cup I filled up. I started to feel more experienced as I drank more beer, and the night went on. Before I knew it, Paul and I had struck up conversations with almost every girl in the room. I didn't know where Paul had gone off to after the last girl he was talking to. When I found myself alone in a room full of beautiful girls, I started talking to a sorority girl named Allie, and I got locked into a conversation with her. We had nothing in common, but I used it as a way to improve my conversation and networking skills. After a while of talking, Allie said that she wanted to go back to her apartment, so I offered to walk her back. I was still on a high from everything that had just happened. Fraternity parties with all-you-could-drink booze for five bucks, meeting girls, leaving friends behind. This is what college was about. I had left Paul with some sexy frat mat at the party, and I was walking one home. I got her to her apartment complex, and we said goodnight. You know, I think one of the easiest things that you can do if you're a guy if you just want to be in the good graces of women and like it's just a general good thing to do if you know that a drunk single person is walking home alone not necessarily even a woman it could be a guy too right just walk with them group up everyone's safer after i dropped Allie off at her apartment i walked back to the party when i got back my welcome had worn out as I tried to walk back into the house, I was stopped. One of the guys wearing a shirt with Greek fraternity letters said, Sorry dude, kegs are kicked. We aren't letting anyone else in. This meant they were out of booze. It didn't matter that I was just at the party. I was a small fry, a freshman dude, and not a hot girl. The kegs weren't empty. This is what they said when they wanted to keep the party going with their current guests and not let anyone new in. Even though I had walked off most of my buzz, I still wanted to keep the party going. Since I had my one-hitter on me, I fired it up from the safety of the fraternity's oversized deck. They weren't letting me into the party, but they didn't seem to care if I smoked weed on their deck. I had no idea where Paul was, but I was sure he was having a good time. I wasn't going to text him or try and chase him down. I was spent for the night, and I needed to head back to my room. When I got to the crosswalk by my dorm, I heard the noise from another party. It was coming from the yellow house on the corner of the street. This was the house I walked by on the day my dad dropped me off for school. It was, in fact, a sorority house. As I glanced up at the house, I recognized one of the girls that had waved to me on my first day. She noticed me gazing at her and said, Hey you! Me? I asked, wondering if the sorority girl was talking to me. Yeah, you. Wanna come hang out? I said sure, and walked up the massive deck, being careful not to fall. They made me feel at home immediately. Lindsay, get this guy a beer. A young girl that looked my age quickly jumped to attention and asked, What kind of beer do you want? I had no idea what kind of beer I wanted. I answered with the best thing I could think of, without looking stupid. I'll take whatever you got. I'm not a picky man. Preferably a cold one. The girl nodded, and then took off like the roadrunner. She was back with my drink before anyone had a chance to formally introduce themselves. My name's Veronica. This is Lindsay. What's your name? I introduced myself, and we talked for a while. I didn't want to start asking a fuck ton of questions about school, 
partying in sororities. I just wanted to enjoy the moment without feeling judged for my lack of maturity. I asked Veronica if she smoked weed, and she said yes. I pulled out my tiny one-hitter and she laughed. She said she had something better we could smoke out of, and left for her bedroom. She came back a few minutes later with a tiny blue bowl and passed it to me. It was packed full of fresh weed. Here you go, you can pack up the next one if you want to. I wasn't used to girls offering me weed. I was used to smoking everyone up. In my high school social circles, girls rarely had anything to contribute except for their company. Spoiled girls that expected everyone to cater to them. I kept the cipher going, packing up the bowl after each time it became empty. I would smoke my whole bag if I had to. My beer was finished, and when I set it down, Lindsay quickly grabbed it. She asked me if I wanted another one. I didn't understand why this girl was acting like a perfect southern wife. I finally asked her, why are you being so nice to me? She told me that she was a pledge for the sorority. Anything that Veronica wanted her to do, within reason, to make her guests feel more welcome, she would do without hesitation. I find it kind of hilarious that I went to a frat party that I walked a girl home from and couldn't get back into this party, and I had paid initially. And then on the way home, get invited for free into a sorority house and get treated like a king. I think that's there's awesome. a little bit I mean, that's, of that's, that's, uh... objectification going on here. <laughs> there was a pause, and she smiled before getting me my new beer. This was my second dose of the Greek community that night, and it was amazing. There were parties everywhere, and random sorority girls were more than eager to invite me into their homes. I didn't want to blow it. I stayed relatively quiet for the rest of the night while they shared stories with me. I answered any questions Veronica asked, but I tried not to keep the focus on myself. My intention was to be sweet and friendly. I wanted to look cool so badly, so I did what I did best. I kept passing weed around until everyone was high as fuck and they didn't want any more. After the ice had been thoroughly broken, we sat talking and drinking. We watched as drunken freshmen continued to stumble across the street to campus. The group explained that they porch sat all the time and loved it. They watched all the new kids falling across the street during the first week of school. They told me fraternity and sorority stories without me having to ask. I sat astonished at how genuine they all seemed. It was me, one other guy, and five girls on the deck. I thought I had partied hard but they were giving me a new perspective. They spoke so openly about sex. It was wonderful. I kept smoking some weed, but I was done with beer. When I set my empty beer down, Lindsay got up to spring into action. I told her I didn't want any more beer, so she didn't need to give me the royal treatment anymore. I was good. After a few too many drinks, the stories the sorority girls told became really nasty. My attention was fully captured by this point. They openly discussed things that the girls back home would never utter to someone they had just met. The best story Veronica told was about George, the other guy on the deck. The girls called him The Gooch and explained how he earned his nickname. The Gooch, if you didn't already know, is the place between your butthole and your testicles. One of Veronica's sorority sisters, we'll call her Kelsey, 
licked George's gooch one night when they were hooking up. She was known for doing it to every guy she hooked up with, to embarrass them, and because she was a freak. Do you know how difficult some parts of this audiobook were to record without laughing? Like, even listening to this right now, I'm kind of getting the giggles. So what's hilarious about this is, uh, have you seen Letterkenny? No. All right, so Letterkenny is a show on Hulu, and it's based on uh, some Canadian hicks and uh, and some DJs, and it's a whole it's a whole thing. This is reminiscent of that, and it, it's got the the reference is going to be lost on you if you have not seen the show. Well, anybody that's listening will get it. So in in the show, there is an episode where a character there's a little butt play. And when he opens up to the guys about it, he's very like dancing around it. Like, you guys ever experienced someone uh, licking your butts hole? <laughs> and the other two guys just like they exclude him and they just start playing catch back and forth. <laughs> like they're <laughs> they just completely disengage. And he keeps going on like like this confused like you guys you guys ever experienced that? You guys think you might want to try? The next time that George and Kelsey hooked up, he asked her to do it again. This time, he had manscaped it for her. Eventually, George and Kelsey stopped hooking up. A few months later, George started seeing another sister in the same sorority as Kelsey and Veronica. When they hooked up, he asked her to lick his gooch. She said, no, and told everyone in the sorority about it. Since that day, George's nickname to the sorority would always be The Gooch. It was a wonderful experience. Only in that town can you almost be to the safety of your bed and get wrangled into going to a party. These strangers had turned my night around entirely. They welcomed me into their home and didn't even know me. I was starting to think that the so-called adventurous life I had led up to this point was pretty tame. I realized I would not have a problem meeting any women or finding new friends at Radford. As the sun started to rise, I decided I should get some shut-eye before my classes. I thanked the girls and the gooch for their hospitality, and I said my goodbyes. Veronica said I was welcome to come back any time. I was able to make it down the stairs and across the street without falling. Everyone on the porch gave me a round of applause. When I walked into the main lobby of my dorm, I was greeted by a stern-looking elderly woman named Bev. I casually muttered, hello. Bev worked at the front desk of the dorm at night. Her job was to make sure kids like me weren't bringing drunken girls back home and taking advantage of them. She also stopped creeps from the streets from lurking around in the dorm. What a cock block. But she was protecting <laughs> the most valuable resource in the dorms. Women. I pushed the button and waited for the elevators. I was completely wasted while I waited. I tried my best to appear sober and composed, so Bev wouldn't ride my ass. When the door opened, I used my last bit of energy to stumble into the elevator. When I got to my floor, I managed to get into my room without fumbling around with my keys. I still woke up Ethan, because I was too loud when I came in. But fuck him. I kicked off my shoes, and I fell asleep on top of my blanket. I never lived in the dorms. You were lucky. I never had that experience of having like a roommate that was actually in my room. 
after I left home. Like I shared a room with my little brother when I was in like in like grade school, but it's never actually had a... a terrible concept when you think about it because you've gone from living with your parents most likely to now living with another stranger. And I guess living with another and... stranger is fine because you're gonna have to do that with like apartment roommates, but it's not just you one have other your own stranger. Room. Yeah, you're with and one... you have your yeah, like you live in the same room. It's like a cellmate, almost. Yeah, yeah. It's more like a cellmate. And then everybody has cellmates. So it's more like an institutionalized thing than, I don't know. It's like they want you to get off campus immediately.